The Shooters Podcast has reloaded and is back on the air. Sharing shooting information, facts, and opinions of the shooting sports, the shooting industry, and shooting news. I'm your host. My name is Rick. Welcome to the Shooters Podcast. The very best caliber. Wow. Those are fighting words. I've seen people get in arguments over stopping power, penetration, the number of rounds, all kinds of stuff. I know that when I first started in law enforcement almost 40 years ago that 45 was king at that one department where I lived. There were still agencies issuing nothing but 9mm, nothing but the 357 Magnums. Um, even the agency I worked for issued a model uh, 19 357 Magnum. However, 80% of the cops there carried 45s. And almost all of them carried a um, Colt 45, cocked and locked. And I had only fired one a few times in the Marine Corps and a few times before I went in the Marine Corps. However, um, I didn't have a lot of experience with a Colt 1911, so I chose the Smith & Wesson, the first generation 645. It's stainless, a uh, little heavier than the uh, 1911. However, it had a double action on the first round. Then it resets a single action, just like the... Uh, 1911 so that's what i carried for well i mean that's it's still on my carry permit now today so uh it's been uh, 35 years that i've owned that gun and been um carrying it off and on uh, a few years ago some know the story on that i went to a high capacity 17 round uh, Smith & Wesson 9mm, the M&P 9, uh, because some issues were going on politically and in the union where I was the uh, president and threats were being made and other stuff and some people <laughs> with guns were being dubbed crazy and being fired and Basically, I was told I should probably carry a shotgun in my truck with me at all times, as well as my uh, my pistol. So I ditched the eight round forty five for uh, with one in the pipe, eighteen rounds of nine millimeter. So with just two magazines uh, extra, I had you know, over fifty rounds with me because there was indications with the different uh, um, threat assessments that were being done that. If someone was going to make good on any of the threats, it was going to be more than one person. So I thought, you know, there's safety in numbers, especially when they're moving at 1,500 feet per second. So I'll just go with the 9. And then, um, fortunately, nothing occurred that required me to use them. But even to this day, because I know a few of the individuals don't live too far from the town where I live, I'm always... Looking over my shoulder, let's say. But I'm always carrying, so I'm not concerned. But which caliber do you carry? One thing for sure, whether it's knockdown power or penetration, you can't miss fast enough to win a gunfight. That's the same with the competition. doesn't matter how fast you shoot. If you're not hitting what you're shooting at, 
you could be firing a 22 or a, a 454 makes no difference accuracy is king in a uh, gunfight had a friend of mine get in a shootout with a bad guy and they were 20 feet apart literally on a sidewalk and the bad guy missed all six shots that he was shooting and my friend fired five shots and hit him four times and put him down now i've always teased him the fact that he didn't kill him but um he definitely put him out of, he, he stopped him that was that was the key but um he was accurate and again the accuracy was what won that gunfight different calibers of handguns of course come down to a lot about size the size of the grip what's comfortable if it's going to be concealed um, um, if you're a female you can carry it in a purse and sometimes uh, the thicker grips on a higher capacity pistol are uncomfortable no matter um, what the caliber is and you have to decide what's going to work best for you having been having carried the um, a large frame 45 auto for literally decades um, the smith and wesson 9 which isn't very slim because of the um, the grip and the magazine thickness that was fine with me um it was i think it was only barely anything bigger than uh, the 45 however the fact that it gave me so much more uh, so many more rounds it was well worth a little extra and i carried mostly in a shoulder rig because i care i wore um, suits a lot um, doing the business i was doing then so carrying it under a suit coat was a whole lot easier than trying to carry it on my hip I remember trying to carry that gun to court in another county um, during some cases that we had to testify in. And I tell you, they don't make a belt that fits your suit very well that um, that will hold up the weight of a 45. So it was always a pain. And I remembered that, and I went to the uh, what was at the time described as the most comfortable uh, shoulder holster in the world which was the alessi which i found out recently that they closed up during covid and they're no longer uh, being made but they were handmade um holsters and i have to say it was extremely comfortable i had a um a different holster um, prior to that for my 45 it was okay um however i wanted something more comfortable with this other uh, gun with the suits and so forth so the alessi definitely uh, fit the bill unfortunately again they're not being made anymore now when it comes to calibers for your uh, little smaller rifles like your um, ar-15 platform rifles their carbines the uh you know a rifle is a is a bigger bullet than the carbine however the ultimate round for the ar-15s and the carbines is the 556 and that's for, you know, a couple of reasons. I mean, for some, the bullets that uh, exist today, a number of them didn't even, didn't even exist when the 5.56 was out there. And um, the fact that 5.56 will shoot the 2.23 as well, chamber it just fine and shoot it, you can practice cheaper, with a little cheaper ammo, and you can practice more often uh, for the same reason, because it's cheaper. So that round works for home defense very well it works for hunting yes 
Yes, I know some liberals' heads might be exploding right now if they happen to be listening to this podcast. However, they can be used for hunting. Um, my daughter has used it for hunting and has hunted with it. And, I mean, personally, I'm a little more sentimental about my hunting. Um, and I use, uh, it was passed down from my uh, my father, a, um, a 30 6 Winchester. So, um I have other guns that would also hunt just fine, however, um, unless I was going for antelope on the Great Plains of Wyoming, I don't need to carry my AR-10 to reach out, you know, 1,000, 1,500 yards, but um, your carbines, I mean, you could, they, you know, the old AK round, the 7.63, that was a a very popular round for a while. A 300 Blackout. Now there's one that, I mean, you can make your own, of course. I actually have all the uh, little tools and cutoff saws and sizers to make 300 Blackout. And I have a 300 Blackout upper um, that I could put on one of my uh, one of my lowers. However, I've, I've yet to do that. And it's amazing how gun projects tend to get pushed aside with what needs repairing now versus what you want to build, um, you know, and spend the time building. So there's 6.5 Grindle. I know the 6.5 is a very popular caliber with a lot of uh, competition shooters. I've fired it myself. Um, my wife beat me shooting a 6.5 <laughs> Grindle and... Um, a friend of mine had loaned her a rifle that he joked about it being as much as uh, her new diesel truck. However, um, he wasn't going to sell that gun. But, yeah, she whooped me at a 200-yard match, and she dropped them all into about a nickel. Um, and so the 6.5 is very popular. I mean, 224 Valkyrie is a flat shooting round. The 458 SOCOM, there's a, there's a little bigger right there. That'll, that'll reach out and touch something. Um, but that's um, great for the carbines. And, of course, if you're going to have a, a rifle, the AR-10 style, or other rifles, I mean, 308 would be king for that just because it's reliable, has reliable range, and it's much more available. No matter where you're going to go, you're probably going to find 30-06 or 308, depending on the type of rifle you're going to have. But that's, that's important. If you have an odd caliber or a custom caliber on a gun... Um, unless you load your own and load a supply of it that you can take with you anywhere you're going to go, you're going to, you may have trouble finding it anywhere else. So it's always those things. It, it depends on what the use of that gun's going to be for and whether you're going to be taking it out and shooting 25, 30 rounds through it, or whether you're going to be going out and shooting 500 rounds on a weekend match or something, or hunting. If you're going to be hunting with it, you might do five or six practice rounds and then one or two actual uh, uh, rounds to take game. But, you know, as most people know, you don't, you don't shoot a lot when you go hunting. So, unless maybe you're hunting ducks and so forth. But, I mean, when you're considering the rifle and the larger calibers, I mean, there's other things you want to consider, too. Um, the comfort, which would be the recoil on the on the rifle. I mean, AR platforms, AR-10s, you know, they've got buffer tubes and so forth. But if it's in a bolt-action rifle, you're going to take a, a lot more recoil with that. And is there a consideration for a second shot to acquire, the, to get more second shot acquisition, you know, your recovery time from the initial shot and being able to get back on target. Um, if you're doing a timed competition, those are considerations for that caliber. 
um, hunting if you're good <laughs> if you get it if you do well you only need the one shot um, so um, some would say oh but if you're in a combat situation okay my first thought on that is there is no shot that's 500 yards or even 100 yards in a defensive situation I had one instructor I was taking a course and he had just said yeah that that's murder okay in this state you don't this is not a shoot situation <laughs> or if you just um you know if you only shoot them in the head some would just say yeah it's murder it's not exactly self-defense if you're shooting at somebody a hundred yards away yeah that's that's not self-defense so um again it would take some extreme circumstances and that whole collapse of uh, society and stuff while people are shooting at each other left and right um you know better yet if they're that far away just step aside and you know uh no reason to be shooting at anybody at those distances unless the uh chinese invade or something or the russians invade and decided ukraine wasn't big enough they wanted the united states i don't see that happening and i don't see a, a real reason for someone to shoot um 100 yards and in, in a defensive position or defensive situation i do know of a texas uh, police officer who during an active shooter fired about 100 yards away with his handgun and put the uh, bad guy down um at, at about 100 yards and so and i think it was even a low light situation in the middle of the night and you know personally that's an awesome shot but again extremely rare that's why you hear about it later because it's a, it's a story to be told you're not gonna hear about the you know walked up on the car they shot at you you shot at them type shootings um that you know where, where's the fun in that story so but somebody shooting somebody with a handgun at 100 yards who is active shooting in a situation yeah you'll hear about that stuff because that's impressive so considerations again those are for different uh, reasons i mean when it comes right down to it uh, what's the use of the rifle um, and nowadays it can be um, defensive it can be competition it can be hunting um, there's a lot of competitions going on out there and a lot of hunting going on out there less of it in california however unfortunately so as for defense again you want it that's something that you can practice with and become very proficient with the same as any personal carry guns uh, it's going to come down to what you're comfortable with and what you're effective with so I mean, anybody can buy a very powerful handgun and in a s controlled environment you can probably be proficient with it however in a defensive situation um, it's not a gun you want to pull out and think twice about having to use it because it's a bit scary um, if, you have, if you have a 44 magnum and some agencies would probably limit what caliber you can take or you can carry but if you have a large caliber handgun it would um, you'd have to be very comfortable with it and very you know effective with it so training is more expensive with larger calibers and also trying to conceal a, a larger frame uh, handgun is is something to be considered 
Um, how does it ride if you're going to carry it in your waistband or you know your belt? How does it ride in your vehicle? Because I don't think I've ever gotten in a in a police car that didn't didn't have the seats tore up on both sides, mostly on the right side, from the butt of the guns that hit against it and they're carried on their on their uh, belt. But it would be the same in your personal car, especially if you've got some leather seats, that the back portion of your firearm is going to rub against that every time you drive. And um, that will add up over time into some ruined seats. So, I mean, those are small things, but something definitely to be considered. If you're going to be carrying, you'll be carrying while you're driving. You'll be carrying while you're walking. You'll be carrying while you're sitting in different situations. So... You know, think about all of those uh, d- different things. Some people just want compact, and I certainly understand that. I carried a second gun that was a um, you know, Walther PPKS, a little stainless James Bond gun, in 380, and carried it for, well, I mean, I've still got it. It rarely, it rarely hits my pockets anymore because the um, M&P shield is even slimmer, and shorter than the PPK, and I actually put them side by side, so I can honestly say that. And it's a little lighter because it's got some composite parts, whereas the um, Walther is, you know, all stainless. So a lighter gun that's smaller and holds an extra round, and it's also nine millimeter versus uh, 380. Yeah, it's going to be the uh, second choice to the high capacity, depending on if we're maybe just going out to dinner and I want something a lot lighter and slimmer. So again, some people use that as their primary carry because of those same reasons. Light, lighter weight, slimmer, still has a considerable uh, firepower with the 9mm and a uh, second magazine in your pockets, hardly noticeable or wherever you might put it and that gives you another another seven rounds right there. So again, you want to think long and hard, not just walk in and Grab the first shiny gun you see because, ooh, shiny. I like that. You know, that's something to consider. Think about it, plan it, and then try and ask around with your friends and your colleagues. If somebody has a gun, shoot it before you buy it, if at all possible. Um, I don't think I have ever seen a forty-four Magnum for sale that didn't come with a box of ammunition with six shots missing. Um, and cause that's, they're a beast and unless you're a, you know, reasonably competent shooter, you can't have fun shooting a 44 Magnum and uh, people buy them. And the first thing they do after a couple shots is, oh my goodness, what have I done? I, I can't enjoy shooting this gun. It's, it's almost scary. And that's why they sell it with a box of ammo with six rounds missing. So, um, you don't, you don't want to be that guy. So, or that gal, for that matter. I hope some of this is a bit educational and entertaining. Share the podcast with anybody and everybody, and we'll talk again soon. That's it for this episode. Thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing. Please visit my website at shooterspodcast.com for more information and to follow me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram.